0: Lacking joy in your marriage consistently is often a really hard trial to walk through. Mm. I think that we can kind of go through gentle lows and highs, right, of joy, but when you're kind of in the season where you feel like your marriage is joyless, uh, it can mm. often leave you hopeless as well. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about how we can uh, see that lack of joy as an opportunity and way back to our Savior. Mm. Um, And in turn, finding that joy that can produce hope uh, and fruit in our marriage in ways that maybe we might not expect. So, with that, we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in.
1: Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between.
0: Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage.
1: And I love what you said there, uh, how the lack of joy is, I don't know how you said it exactly, but it's almost like a neon banner pointing us back to the giver of joy. And I truly mean that. I've been feeling um, discouraged lately. And I'm a pretty upbeat guy, I feel like. <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty hopeful about the future. Um, and I still am. Yes. I'm optimistic. I tend to, you know, I tend to enjoy, you know, having conversations and, and I'm usually enjoying our girls and, but I go through seasons and, uh, and in this recent season where, um, this kind of, this been a perfect storm, I'll say, of all kinds of different kind of I'll say letdowns, things that aren't going as I want them to go. <laughs> and it's been deflating, it's been discouraging, it's been frustrating. And uh, God, by God's grace, uh, he just reminded me that I can still, and I, I can confidently say this, I still, even though I feel discouraged, I still feel great joy. And the reason for that, and that's the, the topic of this episode, and we're going to apply it to the space of marriage. But the reason for that is that I can look to the final destination, if you will. We talked about this in the priority series, how mm. last things have an orienting effect on the Christian life. When you look at what our future, what our lot is as believers in Christ, mm. as a co-heirs with Christ, as those adopted into the family of God. And that's where I can say, Lord, this life, like all this toil, and I love to go to Ecclesiastes in these times because <laughs> it's like all this toil and like the meaninglessness of it or the seeming meaninglessness of it mm. uh, can all be contextualized. Um, in the the, the the finished work of Christ uh, in a second return. And, and that's the hope that we can look forward to. And that one day, yes, we will pass away. This life will pass away. But but God's word, his promise won't pass away. Mm-hmm. It will be fulfilled. And uh, history will come to its culmination in the second coming of Christ. And he will reign forever. And that is such a, and that gives me joy. That's what I'm saying is mm-hmm. that reality, it makes me joyful. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not joyful in my circumstance, Anyway, so that's, this has just been really timely, um, for me to think through this, the, um, and when you're lacking joy, how that's an opportunity to go deeper in true joy. Mm -hmm. Right. And so obviously looking at marriage, it's a huge drag when your marriage is lacking joy because I mean, when your marriage is joyless, we've had those seasons Mm
0: -hmm.
1: currently in one. I'm kidding.
0: (laughs) I was like, wait a second. (laughs) I gotta get you.
1: Uh, (laughs) We've had those seasons and it's been um it it your whole life is impacted by it. You feel like you can't have yeah, it just have feels dinner.
0: overshadowed, you just kinda of feel like there's just this underlying it's almost like a discontentment and I don't know, you you can't connect, you don't want to connect, but you do want to connect, but
1: You don't want to do the work yeah, or you just feel just, like the ba- the boundaries yeah. are too big yeah. uh to yeah,
0: yeah, but this is, so we're excited to talk about this today. Um, this is part three of a four-part series, and then we are going to have a Q&A at the end of that. So if you do have some questions after listening to the series, uh, get them in, text them in, you know, the number 971-333-1120. Um, just a quick recap of this series. We talked about and defined what is joy. Um, joy is happiness rooted in the things of God. We looked at John 15 and abiding, and joy is the fruit of the Spirit. Mm. Uh, that was the first uh, episode in the series the second one is how do you truly enjoy your spouse uh, and your marriage as a result so we kind of dove deeper into uh, understanding joy and how um what joy our spouse how we can enjoy them in light of the yeah. gospel
1: and we looked at three ingredients specifically mm-hmm. and if i can recall those what were those three ingredients uh trust was the big first big one um also uh um um, relational positional accuracy. Yes. That's kind of a weird way to put it, but knowing like the roles. role. Yeah. And then, um, what's the final one? Oh, desire or affection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so affection, trust and positional accuracy all contribute to having a joy filled relationship with your spouse. So go back and listen to that episode, um, for, for more details on that.
0: Yeah. And as a teaser next week, uh, so today we're talking about how we can have joy in the midst of lack of joy in our marriage Uh, and then next week we're going to talk about five habits for cultivating joy in your marriage so a bit more Mm. tangible probably a faster uh one at the end so anyways uh you want to run through housekeeping real quick
1: yeah subscribe follow rate and review uh this podcast in your app of choice all of those actions greatly help us Mm -hmm. they also help others who are looking for good gospel-centered marriage content Mm. so Please do take a moment to um, subscribe, follow, rate, and review if you haven't done those things. If you want to partner with us, we would be so grateful. This is how our family makes, uh, mm. you know, makes gets food on the table. I'll say. Yeah. And so um, God is gracious; He is our provider, and you know what? Sometimes God, and oftentimes God, will provide uh, through the, His church, right? And that's why we're using this Patreon model, is because we feel like it's the most. Uh, biblical and that the the beneficiaries of our work like well, you listener or and if god leads you they're the you're the ones that make the work possible and that's mm-hmm. how it's the model for paul's ministry uh and i just he, he echoed that over and over again in his epistles to the early churches and so um if you feel called to be a part of this please do take uh the next step and and Take a step of faith. And we are doing this in faith and trusting that God is going is to spur mm. you along. So uh, just go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. We try to make it a valuable community. For everyone involved, we post in there a couple times a week, some weeks, mm-hmm. and at least once a week. Uh, we have uh, Zoom calls. Zoom calls. Mm-hmm. We have early release episodes. We also have, you can get free books. You can get free rings. You can get free access to gospel-centered marriage. There's a lot of value to be had there, but the biggest value, our hope and our prayer is, is that you would um, just feel like you're on mission with us. You're complicit in everything mm-hmm. that God is doing through Fierce Marriage and the work um, <coughs> that Celine and I are, are about um, yeah, with that said, the final thing is gospel centered marriage. That's our online learning platform. Go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com. Uh, we are constantly adding new content there and it's only going to get better. So, uh, Get in, uh, be a part of that. We also do Zoom calls there, but you can. That, that's just how to get on the same page once and for all with your spouse. There's a six week marriage core course that we encourage every couple to go through. After the first six weeks, then we ask you, you invest just one night a month mm-hmm. to go through a mini course to enrich and recenter your marriage on the gospel. GospelCenteredMarriage.com. dot com. Go check that out. Um, as we get into this content, I want to um, I want to preface it with this because you might be hearing okay. Ryan and Selina are going to talk about how to have joy in a joyless marriage, or what do I do when I'm lacking joy in my marriage? And I can already see where it's going. They're just going to say, look to Christ. Um, And yes, we are going to say that. Um, That's what we're here to do, frankly. (laughs) But you know, the, the conversations like these have a place in the life and in the rhythms of believers, right? Why do we go to church on a Sunday? to be reminded of the gospel. Why? Because we're forgetful. All right. If we think we're, we're any different from the Israelites in the desert or even, uh, Israel after they entered into the promised land of Canaan, mm. they continually forgot the promises of God, the character of God, their role as people, as the people of God, mm. they're constantly forgetting those things. So here we are, we're going to go through, uh, an early, er, a passage in Hebrews over the, o- over the next 30 minutes and, just just rest in it, okay? Just rest and listen and ask the Holy Spirit, how how are you reminding me to find my joy in you? And our prayer is that we can faithfully communicate what God's word is saying and stir your affections for him in new ways that will stir your affections for each other in new ways. Does that make sense? So yeah. I just want to set the baseline there. Please just hear this and and let's see where God takes us. Um, because I feel like we can just get kind of locked into, oh, it's gonna, I, that's me today. It's like, is it just gonna be another like, Kind of wrote gospel presentation, and I'm here to say it is. Th- is, and it there can be, think, <laughs> is there such a right, thing? But I think right, and is there such a thing? That's good
0: because I was just like the Holy Spirit. He works as He desires, yes. and so we present the gospel and pray and ask God to work it for His glory, mm. for our sanctification. Yeah. Um, and this is not us outside of you know the conflict and things that we're taught, talk- the lack that we're talking about. We too have experienced joylessness in our marriage and yet still we can walk in joy and we can have a, uh, an anchored joy in the Lord. So, um, but that is something that is set aside, I think for believers. And, and the funny thing about it is that I think we, I don't know, when you get saved or maybe we just have this kind of, uh, Inclination as a believer that we're kind of exempt from trials, right? Like because we love God, we're created in His image. We know who we are. We're living in obedience that we should be kind of exempt from some of the bigger things uh, in life. And maybe that one of those things is is not having joy in our marriage. Maybe we think, well, we're believers, we should always have joy. Like we just do. We will. If we don't, we'll fix it. Like, but what happens when you find yourself in this place of of lack? In this place of um, desiring more than what is there. Um, Jesus said in John, uh, 1633 that, uh, you know, we are, we are going to have trials. This is not something that is exempt. And in, in fact, we probably will have more. He says, uh, I've said these things to you. And this is the whole context of I've overcome the world. Um, he's talking to the disciples about, um, joy and, parables and trying to help them understand and he says behold the hour is coming indeed it has come uh, when you'll be scattered um, each to his own home and will leave me alone Uh, yet I'm not alone for the Father is with me this is before he's crucified and I've said these things to you that in you in me you may have peace in the world you will have tribulation but take heart I've overcome the world and I, I don't think it's it's out of context to again cling to those words of Jesus saying in the world you will have tribulation He understands the world. He is the creator. He was there when it was created. So we can take heart and we can understand that he has also overcome it. And so just to kind of, I think, regulate us or um, bring some understanding of where we are. um, Sometimes we can think that we're above trials or that we're going to have so many trials. We just, what are we going to do? We're just always going to be in this process of, you know, trial, trial, trial. Well, yes, I mean, God is being glorified through our sanctification um, but we can take heart in these trials that we face and these lacks and in, in particular for our conversation today in this lack of joy that we might be enduring in our marriage so yeah. we're gonna look at Hebrews twelve two through 3 we're gonna spend a lot of time here um, and then James 1 uh, which is the the very popular count it all joy my brothers when you face trials of many kinds so we'll get to that in just a minute but starting with Hebrews 12 uh, I'm gonna read the verse uh, the, the two verses, and then we're going to go through them kind of line by line because they reveal so much yeah. uh, about, <laughs> yes, about who Jesus is, how he modeled uh, enduring trials and whatnot. So, Good. all right, Hebrews 12, uh, 2 through 3, but I think we better start in 1. <laughs> Therefore, since we sur- are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. All right, so stop there for a minute. Um,
1: Can we, um, so we're going to walk through this uh, line by line, uh, but it's helpful to know the full context, right? So Hebrews is a really unique book. Yes in this in scripture and there's a lot of themes but one of the main themes of hebrews is uh per, the perseverance of the saints basically saying uh it's it's a really strong it makes a very strong connection right from the outset hebrews one um and i won't maybe you should read it i don't want, uh, i don't have it in front of me um i'm open to the wrong page i've got it right here So it makes a really strong connection between the Old Testament and the New. It says, Long ago, in many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed, the heir of all things through whom he has created the world. He is the radiance of glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. So, and, and it goes so on and on. It's, it's wonderful. So it's one of my favorite passages is, is the first part well, of Hebrews. The
0: title is The Supremacy of God's Son. I mean, Yeah, so that's another theme is the, is the
1: soteriologically of effect of Christ. Hmm. The seri- soteriologic effect of the reality of Christ. And what that means is Christ saves. And that is He's our root of our hope and therefore persevere in the, in the midst of all your trials, in the midst of uh, persecution, in the midst of just life. Uh, persevere. And so those are big themes that we need to really remember as we read this passage, because the author of Hebrews is not just saying these things in a vacuum. It's there's a there's a, um, a train of thought happening here, and here we are inserting ourselves into this. Fix our eyes on Jesus,
0: right, right,
1: and what that means and for the perseverance of of you, the saints, right,
0: right. So if we're looking at, we're going to go line by line. So just like you said, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. So. We're looking at our marriage. We ha- we are joyless. Our marriage is making us unhappy. Mm-hmm. What should I do? Ryan and Selena, what can I do? What should I do? And here is your here is the, the one thing that we would always say is let us fix our eyes on Jesus, which seems like such a simple phrase. But just like you said, fixing our eyes on Christ, understanding the supremacy of who he is and therefore this, how sufficient he is because mm-hmm. of who he is. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, not on our lack of joy, right? Our lack is an indicator. It is not the issue. Our lack is pointing us back to our Savior, to who He is. That is what we can do. We can fix our eyes back on Christ. So let us fix our eyes on Jesus. So that's an action. Fixing our eyes on who? Our Savior is the author and perfecter of our faith. So again, this is an identifier, identifying who Jesus is and in contrast to who we are not. Yeah. He- uh,
1: I, I love this because this is exactly what I was talking about, how in other translations say oh, yeah. look to Jesus. Yes. And I know that sounds really kind of obvious, but fixing our eyes and looking to Jesus, if we keep focused in on our issues, our lack, yeah. our lack of joy... It's just navel gazing. It's it's a perpetuating cycle. It'll it'll self perpetuate, and uh, I was going to say it'll self perpetuate itself. <laughs> I think
0: <laughs> I think there is some truth in understanding um, understanding it right, and not keeping it at a distance, not being afraid of it, not being uh, not ignoring it mm-hmm. right. But I think it's just a clear identify identification of we are really lacking joy in our marriage god why is this happening what how can we begin to get back on track and experience the joy that you have given us um and how can we experience it even getting ourselves on that journey on the journey back like the Mm. journey back to back does that make sense like not only getting back on like the right track but that journey back to the track that we want to be on
1: i would even take it a step further because that that starts to bridge the gap Okay, so I'm seeing the joy, like the reason for joylessness in our own marriage. We're fighting, or we just meh about everything. <laughs> um, it's a constant. Or we're yeah. going through a really hard trial. Right. And we've, you know, and we, there's lots of tears. Maybe there's grief. Maybe you've, you're suffering a loss. Maybe there's a sickness or a, a job loss or or some sort of betrayal happening. Whatever the thing is, and it like we are joyless. Yeah. So the first step is saying, God, help me in this. Help me with this exact scenario. Okay, that's 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 the life of a believer who's mm. going to the designer of marriage and the right. designer of the human heart and saying, Heal us but I would say and this is what, what the author of Hebrews is, is probably pointing out, is saying, look to the hope that is set before you and you'd mentioned we'll it We'll get to that. So yes. but okay, but that's what I'm when it says look to Christ, fixing our eyes on Christ is not go to him to get the help you need. Yes, that's part of it. But I feel like the the grand call here right. is to remember that your hope will never be satisfied. Your joy will never be full. Right here.
0: Well, and the interesting thing about looking or f- fixing your gaze when you turn, when you look at something, your whole mm. body eventually turns to that right. thing. I mean, it's oh, a- I found
1: that out the hard way as a child <laughs> riding my bike. <laughs>
0: our kids are still learning that
1: I've been over the handlebars one more than once because I was distracted by right the ice right. cream truck a... <laughs> ran into the, glass, the window.
0: glass window so fixing our eyes on Christ it's not fixing our our minds right it's not fixing our our hearts or our bellies or whatever it's fixing our eyes uh, there's good. there's purpose in that in that writing on who Jesus who is he the author. And perfecter of our faith. Again, identifying who Jesus is, and in contrast, who we are not. We are not the authors of our faith. We are not the perfecters of our faith. We're not even the creators of ourselves. I mean, we mm. God allows us to create life um, by His grace and for His glory, but we are mm. we are not the creators of this process. And so yeah. there's just a there's an, an awe and a a holy fear and reverence I think that should be placed in our hearts when we're going to mm. God humbly fixing our eyes, knowing that there is a fault, there's a sin, there's something that we are, I hate to say sin all the time, because again, if it's an external trial that is, is happening on to your marriage or to you, then it, it may not necessarily be a sin, but there's just hardship around you, and it's taking away the joy, um, there's a lack, then again, we're fixing our eyes on Christ, knowing who he is, um, And then when we know who he is, we can know who we are and our role and understand and look at his model of who for the joy, the next phrase, who for the joy set Mm. before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. So there's a few things happening, right? He paid the ultimate price by sacrificing his perfect, sinless life. He endured the cross. Mm. He endured the cross. Why? Because he knew the joy set before him. He knew it. He didn't, it wasn't some ambiguous thing. It wasn't some like... Joy, random, I don't know, joy. It makes you feel happy, right? It had to be something deeper. It had to be right. an uh, an understanding, an image. Yes, He's God. He is eternal, right? But do we know that joy? Do we know that those end things of, like you were saying in our mm. in our priorities talk, of thinking about and prioritizing things based on the end, right? So yeah. what is our joy that is set before us? Like we... There is a parallel, I think. Like we endure Absolutely. our own cross in this life, the the weight of sin, right? Yeah. Um, we can we can scorn its shame, but we can endure this cross. Christ endured the cross. How did He endure it? By the joy set before Him. Was that that joy wasn't like literally set before Him on the right. the way up to Calvary? It was an eternal joy. It was a, a bigger, greater outside of our even capable minds to comprehend joy uh, because we are human and, and he is not. So that's a few, I mean, he, he was half, human. he was fully gone, fully man. Sorry. Woo! Back <laughs> okay. that up, back okay. that up. <laughs> it's okay.
1: It's a complicated, uh, yeah. Christology is not uh, cut and dry all the time. Uh, I, the thing that really jumped out at me as you were, um, as you were sharing, and thank you so much for, for this. It's so thoughtful and how you've outlined it. Um, very good. So, the, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. So that idea, so we talked about this, okay, when I was nitpicking about joy is not the same thing as hope mm. and peace. And when you're sad or when you're downtrodden and downcast, like I, I used to say, well, we have deep joy that's there, even though we don't feel it, it's there. And, and then I kind of flipped over to this side. I'm like, no. Joy is a is a, has very close attachments to your feelings, right? And so this passage to me is 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 lending credence to that idea, saying, "Who for the joy set before him? It wasn't the joy he felt; it was the joy set before him. Mm. He did what he endured the cross." People who laugh while hanging on a cross are crazy people, right? People who are shouting for joy while hanging on a cross—that's craziness. Right. It's painful. He dis- he scorned its shame. He's the pain was not something that he was he he was doing it for a joy that he had yet to experience
0: oh man there it is
1: and so that's what i'm saying is that when you're in a joyless marriage you're in a joyless season of your life we are we can take this like you said it's a parallel there's the the author of hebrews is giving us instruction here and saying like jesus you too who for the joy the the joy excuse me the joy (laughs) set before you can endure Mm. the your cross which paul tells us to pick up our cross right and we can scorn its shame in the process doing doing all those things with with uh the context that there is joy to come right and what and what is
0: that joy and sat down so we read who who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame for and what did what 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 is this reward and sat down Mm. at the right hand of the throne of god the reward the eternal reward again, this call to remember these last things first. Jesus knew the eternal joy set before him. We, too, have that knowledge and understanding. We have that as believers. Oftentimes, we don't allow God the time to do the work that he wants to do in us because we're fixated on having our marriages fixed today the way we want it and how we want to experience it. Then now, and just quick and fast, just take it away. Mm. Uh, Rather than trusting the work of God in our souls, um, Especially in the midst of the lack of our joy, right?
1: I um, uh, I was reading ahead in the verse seven, twelve, seven. It says, "It it is for discipline that you have mm. to endure. Mm-hmm. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons." Okay, so we are called children of God. And mm-hmm. that is not um, a flippant phrase As we have been adopted into the family. We are co-heirs by with the Christ. blood of Christ. Yeah. Now we should take great joy and great comfort in the discipline of our father. Why? Because we're sadists? Because we love to feel disciplined? No, because we know our father is loving. That's why we can take great joy in knowing that we are being disciplined. Now, here's the here's the question: Is, mm-hmm. are is your trial a form of discipline? Maybe. Right.
0: right. That's my. It question. might be. Yeah.
1: I, I, what comes to mind is uh, our daughters were playing around the staircase in our house, and uh, Clementine, our second daughter, was sitting up on the railing, mm-hmm. over the stairs, and <laughs> I was like, I looked at her and I was like, thinking in my head. This is that—that's kind of. I don't want to be like a hovering parent, but I was like, "You need to get down." Yeah, from there it's not hovering because you're going to fall and you're going to break your neck, right? And I love you, and that—that's the—that's the bottom line. Is I love you. I don't want you to get hurt. Therefore, I'm going to tell you not to do something. Now, right. if she would have continued doing that, then there would have been actual discipline, or maybe right. the next level of discipline. The point is, she can take joy knowing that I asked her to get off because I love her, mm-hmm. and I'm a loving father to her, and so we can Ooh. do the same thing when we're going through a hard time. Now, marriage, again, yeah. God doesn't just remove our pain. He Instead, he gives us his healing, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't just remove the trial. Instead, he gives us strength by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to get through the trial.
0: To, to endure. To
1: endure it. Why? Because of this joy that's set before us, and that's mm-hmm. why we we have to know, like, if we're being disciplined, we, we need not shake our fist at God and grit our mm. teeth at Him and and grumble at Him and complain to Him. That never goes well. There's no place in Scripture where shaking your fist at God ends well. <laughs> right. Instead, we are to humble ourselves and say, God, you are holy. You're I am not. You are perfectly good and I am not. And you are perfectly trustworthy. Therefore, right. I place my trust in you. And therefore, my eternity is secure. And therefore... Right. I can now have joy.
0: Well, and if it is a form of discipline, we were listening to a message yesterday at church that oftentimes it can be, we misinterpret it, right? And God's saying, no, I love you too much to give you back like your idols and things that you want. Yeah. You you want this to be over quick. You just want to be able to deal with it and mm. and be happy again. And God's like, there are some things that I want to root out in you. And if you continue to have these idols, you will not understand or experience uh, the joy that is truly set before you. Um, ah. He loves us too much to let us kind of hold on to those idols. So again, it's it's begging us to trust him, which is not an easy thing, but it is doable. Uh, God is good in that way. So the last part of this uh, verse, I think it's verse 3. Sorry, it's there's two parts. So consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men. Again, a call to look back at Jesus, consider mm. Jesus, consider the trials he faced, the the huge lack of joy he felt going to the cross, knowing the cross was coming. I mean, look at the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Another example and model of how we can um, endure in the midst of trials, praying to God. Yeah. Yes, asking Lord if there's another way, but nonetheless your will be done trusting that god's will is for our good for his glory yeah. we can only have that perspective as believers uh because of jesus and because of the eternal perspective we have been given hmm. in the time that we live in right now and so those are big things to be grateful for those are huge um, blessings and understanding to grapple with i guess
1: i find this so I you mean, know, it's probably not ironic because I'm just catching it now, but this book's called Hebrews, right? It's written to the Jews, mm-hmm. <laughs> and who were the sinful men that were opposing Christ? The Jews, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the religious people. Right? It wasn't like Pilate was like, "Yeah, I hate that guy." Pilate's like, "No, Pilate was, Pilate was like, I, was like don't, I don't. How can
0: we not do this? Because <laughs> yeah. I realize he is a God-fearing man, and I just yeah. got myself in a pickle with uh, it, was the,
1: it." Was the scribes the and requests. the Pharisees yep. were the ones that were saying that Christ is an illegitimate Messiah? He's blaspheming. They refused to see the miracles that he had been performing. Mm. They refused to hear his, uh, the prophetic word being fulfilled. You know, he would call yeah. back. You know, they refused to see that. They were, Their hearts were seared. Right. The warning to me is that I think familiarity with Christ can cause us to forget the truths of, the, of, of who he is mm. and the truth of the word that he, he came to fulfill and the promise that he gave.
0: Which God is so good sometimes to bring lack, right, and to bring allow lack maybe to happen in our, lack, our life, a lack of joy, hmm. a lack of peace, a lack of hope, so that we come running back if we tend, to, if we start getting off <laughs> the path yeah. that He has for us. Yeah. I think there's He can use lack for our good hmm. because He's God,
1: and it also it also gives us in, a, in another sense this full passage, consider him who endured such opposition from a sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Uh, Christ's own people were, were the ones that had betrayed him. His closest, one of his closest Mm -hmm. friends, Judas was the one who betrayed him into the hands of his own people, the Jews. Um, And so we can sometimes feel like, Oh, my spouse, my, my spouse, I've grown weary because she's not, Serving me in a way that I right. feel like I, he just I won't deserve. get it.
0: He just doesn't get it. He doesn't love right. me in the way I want to be loved. He doesn't hear me. He doesn't, me. He doesn't consider me. Which <laughs> he doesn't take initiative. Or what if God said those family? things to us,
1: like they don't hear me. Therefore, I am <clears throat> going to give up on them. So instead, we can say we're not losing heart or growing weary, even though the closest person in our lives fails to see us, right. or we feel that they fail. Well, to see we it. have
0: to calibrate again because we're living. The water that we're swimming in is so fast. Everything is instant. Everything is quick. Everything is a beautiful, flawless picture. Everything is just top-notch, super fast, all the time, best images ever. And God is just, he doesn't work that way. I mean, he can. He's He's God. He created time. He can do whatever he wants. Uh, I mean, okay, bring that back in. <laughs> why, it's, it's, it's just, why do we consider... Jesus, why do we consider not losing heart, not growing weary, is not a one-week thing? Like mm. it's not within a month that you just not grow weary. Like He is yeah. calling us to endurance. Has endurance, a meaning. It means to yes, and a that's long, and I th- we just need to calibrate our expectations and our understanding of time and mm. and and how God is leading us and our expectation of His Word. And I think that's where. He is so good to allow us to sit in some of the lack, allow us to navel gaze for a bit, even if we have to. Like it's like the prodigal son out in the in the mud with the pigs, and he's just like lets him sit there, right? And not the father's not there, but oftentimes we find ourselves in the mud with the pigs, sitting there trying to figure out how to get out of it. So, what you God is saying, come back to me.
1: What you just said about uh, the nature of endurance, I think, is very telling for us. And, and depending on how where we fall on this side of it, if we have a weak, shallow, uh, one-dimensional view of mm. God and how He works, that's going to be discouraging to us, right? If we choose to see God as a God who works in nuance and works in complexity and works over time, then we can take joy. Now, here's an example. Um, think about any plant that sprouts up quickly in our yard right now
0: weeds
1: yes absolutely all our grass is dead the weeds somehow they're thriving
0: <laughs> and they got deep roots man
1: <laughs> what is the deal with weeds by the way that's that's it's the i curse. think it's god's it's the curse
0: way of giving us an illustration <laughs> for <sin. laughs> okay
1: now think of the trees that are, are 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 beautiful and they're thriving despite the hot weather we've been having mm. they're the ones that are woody trees right uh, any any plant that grows up quickly can easily be uprooted
0: yeah it's a seeds bearable yeah
1: yeah and and growth that matters growth that is strong and tim keller talks about this at length but you you can't look at a tree and watch it grow there's actually there's some species of bamboo that you can actually hear them growing you can watch them grow they're growing so quickly wow uh, i don't know if you can see them but you can actually you can hear yeah, right. them growing yeah. the point is Roots are what matter in the Christian life, and and depth is what matters, and strong growth, I'll say woody growth, (laughs) the kind of growth that takes years and decades Mm. and hundreds of years, that's the kind of growth that we're talking about here. Not grow, And that's why that's, marriage, marriage is for life.
0: That's the race, that we're, that, yeah, the race and, that we're running.
1: In marriage, we have to have that long-term view. Yes. You can't say, listen, the last three months have been miserable. Now I need to start thinking about divorce because I've fallen out of love with this man or this woman. Right, or you've that got until is,
0: you know 12 months from now to get your life together, get your plan, get your Even if you've said your health the last order, five years
1: have been a struggle yeah. and therefore you have another year, I'm saying that that's a very immature, very short view. Shallow, yes. Shallow view. Now, there are nuances to that. So please don't hear this across the board. The point is we need to have a, a view of marriage like God has. Mm. It's for life people. That's how he designed it. And I'm saying that to us too. Yeah. In that if my mission as a husband, okay, not my, my mission as a, my, my soul mission, but God made me a husband to have a husband mission in my marriage. Okay. And that is to, uh, see my wife flourish in the things of God is for her sanctification to love to love her exactly as Christ loved the church. That's a constant source of conviction for me. (laughs) And if if I have a short-term view of marriage, I'm going to get very discouraged Mm -hmm. if I don't see the things happening that I want to see happen. Now, if I look at Christ, I see what he's called me to do and I have a long-term view then. Okay, now I can actually hunker down Buckle down. Do the work, not from a place of trying to earn her love or earn God's love, but from a place of being loved by (laughs) God and wanting to love her the way I'm loved by God. Yeah. Um, But it takes that having that long-term view.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And
1: and that goes back to this passage of growing weary and endurance. The the very terms say that we are in this for the long haul and that's a very beautiful hope filled thing, joy filled thing if we look to
0: it's Christ. He says not grow weary. I mean I'm probably there's probably another translation. It's like so do you grow weary and then and or grow strength? Like grow in strength? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to look yeah. at that that word yeah. study. But um It happens all so, the time. Yeah. Yeah connecting the dots again, looking at Christ and his model, um not growing weary, right? Communing with God through his word in prayer, communion with the body of Christ regularly and in a vulnerable way. Um, the Holy Spirit can produce his fruit in our lives through our communion with him on those levels. Joy can supernaturally be produced in a season that feels dry and dead. Why? Because we look to Jesus, because we see his model, because we trust the word of God and the eternal things of God. We're going to look at one more passage here, um, James 1, and it's the typical, you know, count it all joy.
1: It's a good... You don't have to discount it. Just read it for what it is. I know.
0: God forgive me. I should never discount His Word. (laughs) I just think there's a lot of connotation to sort through, and sometimes the truth gets buried under there. Um, But God's Word is alive, and so I'm just going to read it, and then we can go through it a little bit. But but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts it's like a wave, is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Mm. Um, verse 12, a quick jump down, says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, uh, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Uh, again, we see this idea of eternal joy we see steadfastness we see endurance um, for the joy set before us so we may be enduring some hard lacks of joy in our marriage um, but this life is not the end this life is not our final destination as you Mm. said and our eternal joy will Overshadow and outweigh anything that we're facing today. Not to, I'm not saying that to ignore or minimize or um, dismiss, you know, the lack that we feel because the lack is there for a reason, right? The lack is there, and God is good in allowing us to experience the lack because at some level we are not going back to Him. And so, what does that mean? How can we go back, and why should we go back?
1: Hmm. Why?
0: God God's given us this eternal joy and yet we're we're in the already but not yet phase, right? And so we are being sanctified through this whole process. We and that mm. means to be set apart as or declared holy. Um so how,
1: I, I, want, I want to interject real yeah. fast. You said something that the the trial is there for a reason. Uh, that's a bold statement. I know. Um, and um, it's okay. I'm, I'm No, I'm, I'm
0: not apologizing, but I do know it's a, it's not without. It's a
1: little bit loaded. Yeah. And so I was just thinking on that because, you know, that's one of the trite answers that we can sometimes hear when we're going through a hard time. Someone will say, hey, everything happens, happens for believers. a reason.
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: everything happens for a reason. Take heart. And you're like, great, that helps me in no way whatsoever. Right. Thank you, though. Thank you for that trite truism that you found on a bumper
0: however sticker. i do feel like we've no, it's true <laughs> we're 40 okay. minutes um, into an episode and we talked about the reasons
1: yeah well it's it is true that that god is sovereign yes okay and here's the thing opportunity, opportunity trials in been. terms no no I, i'm i'm gonna i'm not trying to so when we say like the trials are there for a reason and we can take heart knowing that our, our good faithful god is at work in that okay there's i can think of two kind of avenues by which we come through trials either our own foolishness Mm -hmm. we do something stupid and we get you know play stupid games get win stupid prizes (laughs) like that's (laughs) like you make a stupid choice you know you make a mistake and i you can you can be genuinely wrong but you're still wrong like (laughs) and so you can try really hard but still be wrong and so there's a there's a lesson there all right happened for a reason yeah i'm the reason now what's the lesson I need wisdom. I need to look to God. I need to Mm -hmm. get better counsel. I need to grow in my intellect and my mind and how I process things and my emotional maturity. I need to grow in relationships. I need to grow out of this mistake. I need to stop falling on my face. That's the reason. Second reason, maybe there's something bad that happened to me. It wasn't a decision I made, but it was I got sick or somebody harmed me or sinned against me. Maybe your spouse sinned against you. It happened for a reason. What is that reason? Well, sin broke that thing. And here's where we go. I now can look Mm -hmm. to God now for reconciliation. I can look to him for the love that I need or the help that I need in that moment. And so when you say everything happens for a reason, I think if we believe that, I think it's true. It's just we we tend to think, oh, it just happens because God has some grand no, plan. No, it's the
0: reason it, is the Romans 8 of like, he works together all things. He God, sin is not yeah. outside of him, so he can even use sin and brokenness. He uses it. I mean, Paul boasts in his weakness yeah. as the main way that Christ that God is glorified, that the gospel is augmented, that people see who God is through our lack, through our trials. That is through how we we treat each other, um, in the body of Christ, how we love one another through those trials. Those are testimonies. Those are witnesses. Uh, those Mm. are a witness to the unbeliever who can look at you and say, wow, you guys are having a tough marriage, but you're still like, you've got joy. I can see that you're working through it. You're sticking to it. You've got endurance and steadfastness. All my other friends walked away after six months. Like, yeah, wow that's a testimony. Um, and I want to just speak to something. This is kind of the last thought here. Um, you were talking about how we need to look to God. We need to look to Christ. And um, I mentioned this book before in this, in this series. It's called Christ-Centered Conflict Resolution uh, by Tony Merida. And he talked about, um, it, it's, it's about peacemaking and how we have to be captivated by the supremacy of Christ. And um, it's just a quote here. It says, one thing that makes Christ so captivating is that he is supreme. Throughout the letter of Colossians, the inspired apostle makes the argument that Christ is enough. Christ is sufficient for salvation and sanctification. And that's wonderful, but how can we bank on the fact that he's sufficient? What makes him able to deliver on that promise that he's enough? It says Philippi- or Colossians 1 15 through 23 tells us it's the supremacy of Christ which assures us of the sufficiency of Christ. Hmm. And so, again, looking to Christ, knowing who he is, he is supreme. He is, because he is supreme, he is also sufficient. Um, Mm. we need to explore what that means as believers. We can't sit here and explain every single detail (laughs) to you. I'm, I, I, I would love to, but as a believer, this is your job to go into the word and explore and to pray and to commune and to experience God for yourself. I would not want anyone else doing that for me. I I love being taught, but I don't want to, I don't want someone else going to the throne room for me. I want to experience the presence of God. I want to experience his goodness firsthand in my life.
1: There's a reason why the language is taste and see yeah it's not just look and see but taste and see not see perceive with your eyes but perceive with Mm. your whole body taste right uh we can talk about an amazing steak here on the podcast but you gotta you gotta cook one up and you gotta eat one yourself (laughs) to know how good it is Uh, and that's what you're saying with god's word and i love that that's the reminder too so
0: our couples conversation challenge uh this week is i would say read through hebrews one sorry read through hebrews
1: read hebrews people i was
0: just saying read the whole Book of Hebrews, but Hebrews twelve is where we were. Um, Hebrews one is awesome. Uh, read the whole book, anyways. Read Hebrews, James one. Uh, read those aloud together. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, content to be discussed there. But so read them aloud and discuss in terms mm. of trials and joy in the midst of your lack as a couple. How can you find your way back? Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you in this conversation. So, Well wow. Speaking next, of which, okay.
1: Next week we're talking about.
0: Next week we're gonna have. Uh, we're going to give you five habits for cultivating joy in your marriage. Uh, we can't show, yeah, we can't share those without first teaching and I think in understanding the foundational piece that joy is modeled in and through Christ. And without Him, we can't find joy uh, in our joyless yeah. marriage.
1: So we're going to get real, real practical next week. Uh, make sure you you listen to that. Um, but I just want to echo uh, what you said in that uh, it does start. With Christ, And that's, and, and that's not just a, a rote Christian. It's kind of to, to close the loop on what I said at the beginning of our conversation is that we need these reminders. Yeah. We are a forgetful people. The people of God are a forgetful people. <laughs> We're a lot of things. Yeah. We're people who <laughs> sing. We're people who blame give the praise enemy. to God. We're people who read <laughs> his word. But we also forget a lot. And yes. so we need these reminders that in the middle of your trial that that should be like a yeah. check engine light that says, oh, I need to go. To the Creator of this life of mine, mm. and I need to get joy. I need to take joy in Him. I need to look to my, the joy that has been set before me, mm. just like my Savior did on the cross. And I can scorn the shame that I'm experiencing now, and I can scorn this and say, "This is hard. This is terrible." Yes, but my joy is set before me, mm. and I'm gonna, I'm gonna endure it because of that. God is and using it, and that is it. that's then wells up within us joy yeah. that we can now use. We can now ride that joy wave. Right into doing these actions we're going to talk about next week right. and building these habits with each other in marriage. So Selena, um, would you pray for us?
0: Okay. Thank you. God, thank you for, uh, joy and what it is and what it can mean to us, uh, as believers. Um, thank you that you use sin and brokenness and lack to bring us back to you, father, that even those dark things can augment your light and your joy uh, in the most desperate of situations, Father, you are not absent. Amen. I pray for an enlivening of joy. I pray for an, a flooding of joy in the marriages yes. listening, God, that they would find their way back together um, to you, to the cross, to knowing who you are, Jesus, to what the depths of what you have done. May we not gloss over that because we seem to know it or be so familiar with the story, God. May our hearts remain um, soft and mm. uncalloused. In
1: Jesus' yeah. name, amen. Amen, amen. Um, uh, if you haven't yet, please uh, consider joining our online um, learning platform. And not just because that's our thing and we want you to do that thing, but really this, our hope is to give you opportunities to have these types of conversations like we just like Selena just said and I love it so much it's like it's not we can't possibly live your Christian life for you but what we can do is lay out before you some ideas and some thoughts mm-hmm. and hope and, and give you an excuse to go into scripture together to ask different questions of one another to explore the various facets of your married life with scripture at the center instead of just going home eating food uh, getting on the computer, turning on the TV, whatever the thing is, you can go home and you can actually gather around the warm fire that is God's word. And we're hoping that gospel center marriage can be one way that you do that. And so, um, if, if you've been curious about it, just go check out gospel dot and here's what you can trust. You'll get from it. We're always going to keep Christ at the center and we're always going to go go back to scripture and we're going to try to tackle relevant marriage related topics. So things like communication, things like sex, um, like in-laws, like coming from a broken home, how that affects the home that you're building with your spouse. Mm. Uh, These are all, I've just mentioned, these are all actual mini courses that are available within Gospel Centered Marriage and we want it to bless you. So Gospel Centered Marriage, Gospel centered marriage.com. I want to make sure I don't mumble those words. Um, Go check that out. So, anyway, thank you for joining us. We hope this has blessed you. Again, join us next week for five habits for cultivating joy in your marriage. Uh, It should be awesome. So, this this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is. We'll see you again in about seven days. So, until then,
0: stay fierce.
1: Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast.